Welcome to Let's Talk Transportation, a podcast series of the Broward Metropolitan Planning Organization, also known as the MPA. We talk about the ins and outs of transportation in Broward County and all of Southeast Florida, why it matters, how it works, and the challenges and opportunities related to achieving great transportation. I'm your host, Greg Stewart, Executive Director of the MPA, and I'm joined by Lavoid Williams, former commissioner of Lauderdale Lakes. And, and Beverly Williams, former commissioner of the city of Lauderdale Lakes. I want to welcome you both. It's so great having you on. This is part of us creating an oral history about Broward County and where Broward has gone over the years. But I actually want to talk about your adventures down here because you both are from Pensacola originally, which is, what, the second oldest city in the state of Florida? Next well, it really is the oldest city. <laughs> I mean, it's the oldest city. It's the it's a, Second oldest permanent city, okay. but it was formed earlier before St. Augustine, and but it was not only a permanent. From, as only somebody from Pensacola would know. So let's talk about how, how did you venture down to Lauderdale Lakes? I mean, what brought you to South Florida? Oh, my job. I mean, I, I was with. Uh, uh, I had three job offers, major job offers. One was in Detroit. Uh, one was in New York. Older, <laughs> and one was in. Lauderdale. So <laughs> I had a choice between two cold climates and one warm one. And so I, I decided to come to... Uh, so as Beverly would say, you chose wisely. I, so he sure did, certainly did. Uh, it was cold. It was fun being cold. I, I, I miss that even now. Really? In South, yes, I do. I, I enjoy uh, brisk, probably 40, 50 degrees. I don't like less than that, but 40, 50 degrees is nice walking weather. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> speaking of walking, I mean, that's actually... One one of the things that I'm like so proud of, of you both because if it wasn't for both of your efforts we really wouldn't have a lot of the trails that we have in place here in Broward County we wouldn't have the streets and sidewalks your city in particular right. has a really great network and it's building up even better you know I know both of you from the MPO world and how much you cared about trying to figure out a way to make Lauderdale Lakes a better place and it was always through some type of transportation improvement at least my lens and so I wanted to, like, you got down to Fort Lauderdale, you made it here to Southeast Florida. Then what happened? How'd you get involved in Lauderdale Lakes politics? I really don't really know. I mean, to, to be honest with you, uh, I always involved in politics, but never thought about running for office or anything. But people came to me and they said we had a need and, and they came and uh, at first I turned them down and then uh, first I turned them down plenty of times because I did not want to be involved in that most uh, of the people don't right and, and so then they invited me and I won yeah uh, and uh, so I stayed Were there surprised for, no, because I would not go in for something. I want to win. And so I was working hard. And I didn't have any money, believe it or not. Uh, the first time I ran for office, I think I raised $2,000, maybe 3000 Wow. And uh, That's really grassroots politics. We walked, uh, I printed all my materials, walked the whole city. And that was a good thing because I learned about the needs of the city by talking to the residents. And so it was a good out. i never forget the first election that I won, a young a lady called me. Me. And she said, uh, "Mr. Williams, how you? What's your stand on abortion?" 
And I said, well, I knew she was against abortion. But I told her that's what I felt. I said, look, I personally wouldn't ask my daughter, I want my daughter, or family to have an abortion. I said, but it's a choice. And I think people just have a choice. And she said, Mr. Williams, I'm going to vote for you because you're the first person that told me the real truth, how you really feel. That's actually really interesting. And so that's what I've always felt. If you be honest, you might not always win, but you can always be happy. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the lies that you told because now you already told the truth. So I'm going to guess the both of you walked around Lauder Hill together. Or Lauder yes, Hill. I, I have been. Um, my kid, my daughter's 50 now. She doesn't like me to tell. But I started. You <laughs> again? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, I started parking rec, working with the city. Okay. Uh, from that, it evolved to me becoming chair of our Lauder uh, Lakes Community Council, which involved me becoming a COP, Citizens on Patrol. So things that I saw in my city that I need to participate in. That's And to think that I was actually going to run for a commissioner was totally out of order. Okay, I never... And then when I finally made that decision, and my girl, one of my girlfriends told me, you have lost your mind. Because <laughs> some things that had happened, you know, that, that wasn't very positive. And I say, we can be better than that. We don't have to go in the, in the gutter. So the being better than that, and I think, again, I was going to go back to your tenacity, both of you. You know, you you were walking around the city. You were actually seeing things from the street level. And that's so important for people. And that did that influence you at all in, like, wanting to get involved in transportation? Or, you know, what was your tie back to wanting to even kind of sit on the MPO? My first experience was the 441 uh, uh, collaborative. collaborative. And I got involved with that and understood, well, I always understood the policy, you know, transportation because I understood that transportation makes civilization. Civilization was expanded because of all the uh, important inventions that came about about transportation and so once I got involved in that I saw the good and things that it could do I got invited I was on the plan, Broward, uh, uh, not planning council okay, the and uh, they recommended me I, I sat there and talked about it and I said you know what uh, this is something I need to be involved in because it's involved the city uh, and, and I said well look we got to and at the time we didn't have a vote and no so, exactly you didn't we didn't and I, and I came and, and I sat down for a while and and and, and I don't really remember the, the exact process where we got to vote but I know it was a little conniving because at the time the mayor of Lotta Hill right. wanted to have all the votes and I said look you don't think the way I think about what's going on in there and so we petitioned and, and you guys thought uh, through good judgment or whatever to allow Lotta Hill Lakes to have a seat at the table so that we could vote on some of these projects that particularly uh, affected us uh, and so uh, I've been appreciative of that and I understand that no matter what you do, if you're not involved in transportation, and uh, then you're going to be out left out the door. And, and another thing that's been not trying to take this to a uh, thing, but when, in most time minority communities don't get the things that they need, and a lot of times they don't get that uh, simply because um, <laughs> that they not sit at the table. You know, if you're not at the table, 
Yes, that is so true. If you're not, a, you can't participate. Can't participate. Yeah, and then you're not going to be able to get anything. You really, when you're talking about, you know, in USDOT language, it's actually called environmental justice. I, I don't know why. Yeah. You're right. It, it is actually minority communities, and it's been, you know, the the reason MPOs exist is because the U.S. Department of Roadways, before U.S. Transportation, they used to come in and they wanted through Eisenhower to build the highway system. Great idea, right? Move military troops and goods around. But it was they found the least expensive property, which usually ran through minority neighborhoods, yeah. ripped the living heck out of them. I mean, that's what interest, interested me in getting this job. Yeah. Because, you know, when I was growing up here, I got to see what happened in Overtown. I got to see what happened even here in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Right. Because the, 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 there's a there's actually a cemetery, and I think you guys know that's right. It yeah. Is. Oh yeah. And you know that they didn't even move the bodies; they just moved the headstones. Yes. There's still people under that asphalt. Yeah. And I, I think of that every time I pass that area. Me I mean, it's it's like I, I uh, when we moved here, I ninety five. You could say started or ended at uh, Davy Boulevard. Okay. And and, and Davy and in Pompano. And then in between oh, yeah, Pompano and Davy Boulevard, that was a big piece yep. out. And then. If you want to go to Miami, you had to get down on 441 or either on Federal Highway or, yep. or Dixie. Yep, yep. And go all the way down till you got to 95 again and then get back on it. Is that in Hollywood, I think? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I yep. remember that as a kid. Yep. I, I, none of it ever made any sense. It makes sense. It makes sense to me, you know. It's, it's like you would think you would start, in, but they built in <laughs> segments. But the fact that they, you know, destroyed multiple neighborhoods, right. I got to see as a child, and this is one of the things that I'm really grateful for both of you, too, is when I got this job, I got to help finish up. They destroyed a neighborhood in Deerfield Beach yes. on Dixie Highway years ago because they said that they were going to put in this connection at Dixie into Boca Raton. And I used to go between those cities. I grew up in that. They area. did that. And you know that, that that road it's is there. Done. It's done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was because, I mean, I know this is going to sound strange, but when the Obama administration passed, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the bill to help fund and get America back to work. That was the very first project. I was like, let's just finish this. Because he destroyed other people's yeah. lives years early, decades earlier. There were there was a barber shop, yep. you know, there was a, a hairdresser, there was all of this stuff all this small and business it all down. I yeah. was there, I was working in Boca at the time. Okay. And this one of the travel. I mean, I, you could see the whole neighborhood transformed just right down Dixie Highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, absolutely. one of the issues I have also, well, he's not going to talk all the time, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, Lauderdale Lakes, right. uh, Oakland Park, all the way down to, I guess, to commercial. Yeah. They took that street. It's just like State Road 7, the, the lanes that's there. Yeah. We're going through a neighborhood. We're going through schools. We have three schools there. Yeah. You know, and that, and that truly was not right. But Are you talking 31st Street? 31st Avenue. Yeah, right. It's right. amazing that that they, they went right. And that was in, I remember when they did that, because we moved to Lakes in 70, to Lauderdale in 74. And I remember they, I mean, why would they do that? They took the right of way to the people's front doors. Right. Where do the kids stand to get right. on a school bus? I, I, it's amazing. Well, we didn't, you know, thankful, thankfully, we have a sidewalk on the east side now, you know, because that for years you had to come over on the on the west side to walk. And these are kids going to school. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, when I ran for office, okay. which I never thought I would, was on underground infrastructure. That was one of the, my major, major issues because our, the streets was, was, it was, I called them a quilt. It was like patchwork, kind of come in, fix this, fix that, fix that. And that was one, and talking with my residents, 
I, it was my concern. It was also their concern. Our streets look like this, you know, if it floods or whatever happens. And so that's actually how I got started. And that was that was my mainstay. I can say that that we started working. They're still working now, uh, trying to cover the whole city right. to to uh, redo the sewers and what have you. And every time you dig up a hole in the street, it needs to be patched correctly. Right. It needs to because that quilt. I mean, it falls apart. If yeah, you, that, that's what happened. You know, we were getting sinkholes because the pipes were bursting, and they would get the water, and the water would degrade the sand, the, uh, the the rocks, and so we'd have to repatch. But after you do it so many times, you know, it's, it's when you're driving and it messes with your tires and everything else. All the expense that you have to have in a car. Yes. Too. And then and then your whole life. It's that's a really interesting thing. So that yeah, actually they, they uh we had a meeting uh in twenty fifteen. I got elected in twenty fourteen. And they said we're gonna start December first, twenty eighteen. And I'd be darned if they did not those big tractors and things they start coming in on, on December the first. So and it's still going on, by the way. We still have still not have finished lots of- we finished uh Oakland Oakland Estates. Okay. I we've also finished most of Northgate, Eastgate, and majority of Eastgate. They've got one bridge to go, and they got to resurface. They've got all the main pavement down, so you don't have the dust. <laughs> but they've got to do some resurfacing to bring it up to standard. Uh, but that that's that's the easy part. The hard part is when you have to dig up and all these other things, and well, you don't know what you're going to find. It right, right, and that's what happened at the bridge. They they found a major problem under there that they weren't expecting, and. There's this really fancy technology I've seen where they, they come and they almost like scan, like you do a body scan under the ground to see mm-hmm. what's there. That still misses about 50% of it. It did. It missed whatever it was. Yeah. So when they actually got in, we, we kept getting notices. We're going to have, it's going to extend, extend, extend. And that goes back to, it's amazing to me that all this all these things were built and yet the records of what was put underground they're not there. They're not there. Why aren't they there? Again, we're going to go back to Pensacola for a second or St. Augustine. They know where all the stuff is under the ground. I mean, they kept records. What did we do? Yeah, we didn't keep any records. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you know, when, in the old days, especially when you were in minority communities, they just, just didn't keep track of it. And uh, When did Lauderdale Lakes become a city? 68 or 68. 68. 68. Yeah. And then, and you guys worked together with Lauder Hill, with Mayor Kaplan, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we well, all Lauder Hill. Uh, not, and, and, you know, we had an unincorporated area where we were trying to, uh, Lauder Hill Lakes and Lauder Hill were competing uh, for certain areas. And uh, the way it was set up, it would, the cities would have been better, or the unincorporated areas would have been better with Lauder Hill Lakes. Yeah. But uh, they wanted certain things that we couldn't do. They wanted to come in right away, and we told them we'd phase them in. We didn't more of a neighborhood, right? Really yeah, a lot of hill could have, could afford to do it better, uh, and those this areas are now in a lot of hill, but they really would have been better in uh, a lot of their lakes. Would have been more better for both them and for the citizens of a lot of their lakes. So for the listeners, what happened here in Broward County, which is unique among all the state counties in the state of Florida, is there was a real big push. There was about 850,000 people when I got here in 2000. Um, actually, yeah, 2000. And I remember the Roger Desjardins, the county administrator. Roger Desjardins. Yeah, he was like, "I want every every city to annex all of the unincorporated area." Mm-hmm. That was a big push. Yeah, now there's only thirteen thousand people left in unincorporated area. A couple decades later, yeah, 
But I mean, that was a really big thing. That was a big push. And that's unusual because like in Miami Dade, there's about a million people in Unincorporated. Palm Beach, about a million people. And so when you look at it here in Broward, everybody's represented by a city. Right. Yeah. Which is why it's so important that you have your voices on the MPL. Yeah, you figure the unincorporated areas, you don't have the voice because you just one little segment and everybody else is looking for their own particular interest. And they, you know, counties uh, can help in, in where you're feeling, but they aren't, they're not dedicated to 13,000 people. So you guys are both retired now. Yes. And you've both been cruising around a little bit, and I hear you're going to go on another really yep, great Yep, cruise. yep, yep. <laughs> but those are my bucket list things to do too when I get to retire. But what do you think about the future? Where do you where do you see Lauderdale Lakes? Where do you see your legacies going forward? Well, I I, I would love to be positive, and so uh, what we've got to do is figure out how we can all work together and say, look at your area. And want you to have your area the way you want it and not try to impose my will and my standards on you. I think if we can get to that point and say everybody has a place in transportation, everybody has needs in transportation, but we need to do is walk and work and think good thoughts about each other yeah. so that we can do this. You know, is if I can get to the point where I don't care if you do well, yeah. It does. Because guess what? If you do well, it's going to help me do well. Or it's going to help you not come to try to take something from me that you think I have that you don't have. Because yeah, that's, that's a lot of people do think. That's what people think. They think, well, if I do bad, if I do good, then you can't do good. Not realizing that if I do good, we both do good. It's the rising tide lifts all votes. Rising tide lifts all votes. Beverly, do you have something you'd want to? Yeah, add? I, I, this is for I, the future generation, right? I would like, um, years, I would like for our residents to understand that this is their city, and that they need to participate in the process. Good. Okay, a lot of times, you know, we get elected to do a job, and but you're not there to make sure that I'm there doing the job. So that's one of the things that I would like, and that they understand that this is us. And this is what we need to do to be able to to you know move forward and do what needs to take place. This is us. It's us. Word. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And the thing that is, we need. You said about participation. Yeah. I'm on a advisory board for Board Anderson, and I I told people I'm 76 years old, and I'm there trying to help the kids. And sometimes the parents went there, and I don't know if it's a if if it's a process that it's easier not to have the parents involved because the teachers can do what they want, right. or are they really participating and pushing hard to get parents involved so they can really have an idea of how they want their kids educated. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Because that's our future. That's our future. And that's who's going to listen to this podcast in a couple, 20 years from now. They're going to have graduated high school, college, and I want them to, you know, hear you, your voices. Right. Also, also, the importance of being on boards. It was a. It took a lot, you know. I I knew my 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 time my homeowners was. I knew MPO was. I had the Broward Planning Council. I knew the legal cities. I knew all those what times I had to be there, and I I um, enjoyed doing that, and then trying to explain to our residents why it's important that they understand what's going on, because if it wasn't, if we're not here to 
be on the board. You, as I told you all, we're a small city. That's when I came on. I remember that. We're a small city, but we expect the same thing that the larger cities are getting. You should. Always. You know what? It was great having you both on. All right. I'm going to hopefully have you come back in about a year or so, and we'll revisit, see where things With, are. Okay. Nikki, we can tell you about our next, our next cruise. Um, <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. The Let's Talk Transportation podcast is produced by the Broward MPO, where every day we fund and implement projects that move people and goods, create jobs, and strengthen communities. Learn more at BrowardMPO.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Speak Up Broward. If there is a transportation topic you'd like to know more about, let us know by sending an email to info at BrowardMPO.org.